It is another edition of Making Money. We welcome the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead, a retired broadcaster. Ron, the unknown around investing. That's a pretty broad term. Do we want to get a little bit more specific, or are we talking about what's going on in the world? That is exactly what we're trying to point out, is that unknowns make investing hard because you really don't know what you don't know. And of course, that means you don't know the how, you don't know the when. And certainly there are a lot of investment uncertainties right now where the outcomes are just unknown. And we're going to talk about the biggest investment unknowns along with some strategies with how to deal with it. You know, there's a lot of things going on where you just sit down every night and scratch your head. At least I do. And so we all need a strategy to be able to deal with this stuff, you know, because if you don't know whether it's going to end up to the right or to the left, uh, you want to have some strategies in place. No matter what happens, you can deal with it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So safeguards in a manner of speaking. Let's start with... What about the banking crisis? We talked about this on, on a previous episode not that long ago. We, we heard about the failure of the bank down in Silicon Valley. We heard about Credit Suisse being in trouble and some other banks that are you know kind of not doing too well. Where do we stand on that right now? Well, when you look at, at how much money is uh, offside, the banks have some big problems that they're going to have to work their way through. And this is as far as I can see, far from over. And so one of the places that's typically been a refuge in the storm has been the Canadian blue chip bank and insurance company. So many people are tempted to get some diversification in their portfolio board to go out and buy foreign insurance and foreign banking stocks. And if it does get a lot worse, um, usually... These foreign institutions just aren't regulated as well as ours are. So if you want to have financial exposure and you've got foreign exposure, you know, we, because we could be going into a recession. In fact, most of the indicators uh, place us being in a recession within the next couple of months here that could last anywhere from, you know, six months to a year. And if that's the case, the less regulated you have an institution – obviously, the more volatile it can be. So uh, it's not a bad time to look at your financial exposure. And if you have some of these financial stocks outside of Canada, it might be a good time to repatriate some of that money. Okay, just to be cautious, right? Yes. Yeah. So what about inflation? (laughs) I mean, uh, we're sure seeing it. Boy, you know, every time I go to the grocery store, I don't know about you, Every time I go to the grocery store, and I'm not exaggerating, I hear somebody going, holy mackerel, is this stuff ever getting expensive? It, it just seems to never end. Oh, I bought a dozen eggs last week, and I looked at, I, I had sticker shock looking at how much a dozen eggs has just gone up over the last year or two. And, uh, you know, uh, we're seeing, uh, of course, to fight inflation, we're seeing central banks, they're pushing rates higher. And one thing we know about history is that inflation goes up quickly, but it's very stubborn, and it's called being sticky. In other words, even though you raise rates, it can take a lot longer for rates to come back down than when they went up. So in a market like this, you want to start locking in longer terms to maturity, and you want to buy GICs or you want to buy investment-grade bonds 
want to slowly start extending your duration. Most people right now are very short, have most of their money in under a year, but with rates still in that 4 to 5% area, it's a great time to start extending and capturing those yields. And of course, if you want to go beyond five years, you can certainly go. There's a lot of high-quality investment-grade bonds out there, even some being issued by some of the banks, where uh, you can get great yields and you can lock in your money in these higher yields for longer periods of time, greater than five years. I guess the other one we have to talk about is is the ongoing conflict with Russia and the Ukraine. You know, from my personal perspective, I keep wondering how much longer are governments going to keep pouring money into this thing? And, and that, that adds to inflation, I think, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely it does. And, the, you know, the big question anytime you have a war is they usually last until one side or the other or both are exhausted. They run out of resources, they run out of manpower, and obviously they run out of money. And when the war ends, both sides will be pushing commodities out as cheaply and in, in as large a volume as possible to, uh, to get some cash to rebuild. I mean, you look at the eastern part of Ukraine, I mean, it's been devastated. Uh, you look at all the troops that Russia has lost, you know, depending on the numbers, it's between 100 and 200,000 people in it that have been lost. And you look at the whole Vietnam War, there was only 50,000 Americans who died in that war. And this war in Ukraine and Russia has only been going for a little over a year now. And the massive amounts of, of capital and human resources that are being exhausted, you just know when this war ends, whenever that is, and believe me, I have no crystal ball as to that. You want I'm, to not pick, I'm not picking a side here either, Ron. There just doesn't appear to be a winner here at all. No, I and I don't disagree with you. I mean, and so both sides are going to be end up being exhausted financially. And you want to watch commodity stocks because Ukraine and Russia are the two of the biggest commodity producers in the world. We're talking grains, we're talking iron ore, we're talking uranium, we're talking uh, coal, we're talking steel, we're talking fertilizer, and the list just goes on and on and on. And of course, uh, fossil fuels. And so when this war is over and they reach a peace agreement, and of course, trade opens up again, both sides are going to be pouring out um, money um, and to try, I mean, they're going to be desperately trying to grab money. They're going to be pouring out money to try and up, upgrade, uh, in Russia's case, their their military and in Ukraine. Well, Ukraine's going to have to rebuild their entire country. So they're going to end up getting whatever they can from exports, which means they're going to be pouring them out into the market. And a very good chance that literally commodity prices uh, will fall. And so what you want to do here is, is quality rules. Upgrade your portfolio to the highest quality uh, that, you, that you possibly can. And be ca- very careful. If the war ends, there's a very good chance of commodity prices, because that's the main thing that both those countries produce, is commodities will tumble as markets get flooded with uh, product and prices just uh, fall off the edge. So you want to be uh, aware of what the end of a war can do to commodity prices here. 
Okay, speaking of spending money, uh, the U.S. government's pretty good at that. They're running massive deficits. Uh, we're running pretty good deficits here in Canada, too. But the problem with the Americans is the, the big foreign buyers aren't supporting them anymore, right? Like, they're, they're kind of backing away. Well, they've discovered, because one of the policy moves that has been disastrous for the U.S. is keeping uh, these countries from using the SWIFT system which is denominated in American dollars. And since they've been uh, unable to use that, countries like Iran, Russia, I believe Belarus, and it goes on and on, uh, they're trading with one another in their own currencies now. So they're not using the U.S. dollar anymore. And typically, when countries were using the U.S. dollar, they'd pile up huge amounts of, of surplus dollars, which they'd recycle into the U.S. debt market. So the U.S. always had ready buyers for its debt. Well, when you get literally country after country is reducing its exposure to U.S. dollars and finding ways to trade directly uh, between uh, two countries' currencies, uh, where is the U.S. going to go to finance its debt? So what you want to do here is quality rules. Upgrade your portfolio to the highest quality securities you can. Uh, just put in a plug. Uh, a while back, we did a show at the best of the best. And that's the highest quality securities, the ones that are the benchmark in every industry. And we included a list of those, and it'd be worth taking a look at. And some of those names uh, might be worthwhile to put on your list to add to, uh, because there are some of the strongest financial institutions in each industry that I know of and can weather uh, a lot of, of, of problems. Also, gold typically rises when the U.S. dollar is falling. And uh, if we do see a, a drop in the U.S. dollar, um, you want to expand your portfolio beyond U.S. holdings. So now might not even be a bad time to look at uh, Japan, to look at uh, some areas of Europe, uh, to if you want foreign holdings to expand beyond the U.S. block. Okay, what about east-west tensions? Uh <laughs> Well, they seem like they've been around my whole lifetime, but they, they seem to be ramped up a little bit right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, this could easily spill over into a full-blown trade war. You know, and the tensions are created uh, between these two, and then you're getting embargoes, and you're getting technology restrictions, and you're getting uh, China, which is blocking imports, and, and uh, it had an agreement to buy so much uh grain from the U.S. It's reneged on that. So there's just a lot of problems going on. And so what's evolving is three trading blocks. We've got the eastern trading block, which is China, Russia, Iran, and uh, all the other friendlies like Cuba, North Korea, Venezuela. And then, of course, you've got the non-aligned countries like Brazil, India, Indonesia, and even Turkey to some degree. And then, of course, you've got the West, which is basically Japan, Australia, North America, and most of Europe. And so you want to be very careful with companies that are dependent on trade with China because every time we put up an embargo, they put up one, and it can certainly uh, affect the industries that uh, are so dependent on North America for so many things that China produces. So if you want exposure to growing emerging markets, look at India or look at Brazil or look at Indonesia since they're non-aligned, they're what they call the non-aligned block. They trade with both sides. I mean, you look at India. I mean, they're buying oil from Russia, I think, last month. 
70 or 80 percent of their oil imports came from Russia. And, of course, they're too big for the United States to do anything with. And the United States has kept their borders open. So uh, these non-aligned countries uh, are trading with both sides freely. So they win doubly. And um, so if you want to be there in emerging markets, look at some of the non-aligned countries, because right now they're looking like a win-win. Small note there, I think I just heard in the, within the last couple of weeks, India is now the most populous nation on earth, too, right? They're, they're not they, getting any smaller. <laughs> no, they just surpassed China here, and they're, they're expecting that to happen sometime here in the second quarter. So, um, you know, the world's changing, and you've got to have a heads up because there's lots going on that you need to be paying attention to. Okay, and last on the list here of, of strategies, energy prices uh, still seem to be going up. I know gas got more expensive recently. I think part of that's the carbon tax that was added, but let's not go there. Uh, what about energy prices? Well, the interesting thing about the war, and uh, once it's over and embargoes get lifted, there can be a massive amount of energy hit the market because, once again, uh, Russia and Venezuela and some of these places in Iran that have had restrictions, the war comes off, off and they unthaw. You get a massive amount of energy going into the market and uh, s- supply exceeds demand, you have price drops. And of course, right now, OPEC seems to be seriously cutting production, which is speaking of higher prices. So, you know, you could have a lot of volatility here over the next, uh, next year or so. So uh, an investment strategy, if you want exposure to the sector, consider pipelines because they're pretty cheap right now. They give you great dividends and they give you exposure to energy. So uh, it's a win-win. You don't have the volatility. You get a nice dividend. And uh, because they're not basically allowing any more pipelines to be built or they're making it very difficult to build them, um, the demand for pipeline space actually is growing. So... As you have demand growing and supply constricted, generally that's good for pricing and, of course, good for their profits. So there you go, some strategies to employ right now. Not not a good time to be sitting on your hands and not paying attention. You should be paying attention right now. As we said, there's a lot going on on the old spinning orb out there in space called Earth. So uh, pay a little more attention. Sit down and, and see where you stand, right, Ron? That's a good strategy. All right, coming up next week, where are we going to touch this time? We're going to be talking about pawn shops, and one of the reasons we're talking about the pawn industry is because if we do go into recession, this is one of those industries that does very, very well. So we're going to look at the dynamics of the industry, and we're going to talk about some of the major players. So if you're looking for a place that uh, might give you an investment alternative if we go into recession, uh, this will be a show you want to tune into. All right, we'll be back next week with another edition of Making Money. Remember, if you have a show suggestion or a question, get it to us. Letsmakemoney.ca is our website, or you can reach us through cfcw.com. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. We'll talk next week. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.